You're listening to the Better Bodies Podcast with your host, Rhea Wanamaker. Hi, I'm a registered psychotherapist and I'm also a human. And when I noticed that my obsession with food, fitness, and body image was taking over my life in every single way, I knew it was time to make some changes for myself and my health and to bring these important conversations to the forefront. So I started a podcast and I'm so happy that you're here. You are going to get so much out of these amazing chats. So let's dive in. What's up y'all and welcome back to another episode of the Better Bodies Podcast. It's Fuel Up Friday because there's never a wrong time to fill your own cup. And today we are talking about big transitions, milestones, and big changes in life. And two things that you can do, two action steps to help manage your emotions and just keep everything, you know, as balanced as you can throughout times of ambiguity and change. So let's dive into this topic. And this is something that came up because I noticed um, that a lot of people around me were having big shifts and transitions in their life. I was like, oh, so-and-so is moving. So-and-so is moving. Um, this person is having a baby. This other person is having a baby. This person um, has a couple kids. This person is getting a new job. This person's kids are going off to school. This person's kids are going off to school. Like clients of mine are like moved cities, moved countries, moved provinces and are doing school and starting new school programs um, and you know making new groups of friends and there's just so many changes. And then I was like, what is changing in my life? And then I was like, oh yeah, I'm also moving. <laughs> so it's just, sometimes we don't acknowledge the big impact that those transitions can have in our life because maybe we're excited about them or we know it's a really good thing for us, but we don't give ourselves the time and space to hold that they can also be challenging because, well, for one, in part, for me, I know that moving comes with a lot of steps and there are a lot of things to do. And I know that's the same thing with other people and other situations. Like if you're having a baby, it comes with a lot of things to do and a lot of steps. If your kid's going off to school, it comes with a lot of things to do and a lot of new steps. It's a transition. If you are, oh, there was one other thing I had thought of, but it just completely slipped my mind, but you get the point, right? Oh, starting a new job. That's, or like trying to find a new job. That was the other thing that popped into my mind of like, you know, you gotta do the resume. You gotta research the companies. You gotta type up an individual cover letter for each one. You got to reach out to the people. You gotta hope that maybe you hear back from them, that maybe you get a phone interview, that maybe get an online interview, that maybe get an in-person an interview. And it's just, there's so many steps to each of these things that that's what I feel like is the biggest kind of, not barrier, but the biggest thing that we don't acknowledge that's leading to our experience of stress and overwhelm at these times. So whatever you're going through, um, whether it is, you know, 
a big life transition. Uh, maybe you're retiring. That was the other thing too. I was like, oh, like my mom's retiring. Like so many big things are happening to so many people in my circle. And then also to me as well, which is amazing that we have created these things in our life. I believe very much that we, you know, we are choosing our paths and that we get to create wonderful things for ourselves and wonderful opportunities and open fantastic doors for ourselves. Um, and then grow into that. So keeping grounded during these times of transition, milestones, um, life events and change is essential. So the two things that I want to offer for you today are one tangible step and one kind of mindset slash state of being shift. So let's go with the tangible step first. And I think it's really important to be in nature. And you might even find at these times that you're being kind of called to nature, like Um, I know for me personally, I've been like wanting to go on hikes and wanting to go camping and just like, I don't know, wanting to spend time outside. And like, I typically in the evening just take my dog for a walk around the block, um, like a nice long one to end the day, enjoy the sunset. But the past couple of nights I have like driven to, um, green space like just so she could like run off leash and enjoy that time and we could kind of be somewhere else that wasn't like walking on the sidewalk by buildings and houses and stuff like that um and so that's something different as well and part of me was wondering like okay are you just wanting to go out and do these things like are you trying to escape from your responsibilities like is that why you have this huge craving to go hiking or camping or whatever it is or is it because summer's ending and you're like oh I gotta soak up every last bit of this like warmish weather um and then I was reading this article um about how we really do feel called to nature for a number of different reasons and I was like aha okay that feels better that feels more like what I'm going through and I think it's an attempt for my body to try and like get grounded and become regulated like I think it's seeking out like self-regulation kind of deal like coming back to that state of balance homeostasis that nature piece um versus an escape right because like I don't have to go somewhere far or like luxurious or spend a lot of money which like that all sounds wonderful and there will be a time and a place for that but that's not what I'm looking for it's more like if I can go out for an hour hour and a half do something in nature, grab a coffee, like whatever that makes me happy right now. Um, and I can be flexible with it. If I decide I want to do a hike here and I end up going to this place instead, like that's still just as soothing. So when I was reading this article, it had said that, um, urbanization is, is, uh, has been growing and it will continue to grow. So more than half of the world's population resides in cities right now. And this study was looking at the amygdala in the brain and the amygdala's response. So I'll explain what that is afterward for those of you who aren't familiar, but the response to um, fearful stimuli 
So like fear or any stressors that we experience. And they tested um, before and after people like subjects who walked in um, in the city, like in urban environments and people who walked in nature and like rural environments. So it was super interesting to see the results. Like those who walked in nature had a ridiculous amount. It did not say that in the clinical study. It was like, it was so significant, so profound, the effects that nature had when people were viewing the fearful stimuli um, before and after their walk in nature. Um, The results were drastically different than those who were walking in cities. So I really do think like we, we have that connectedness to nature that we need. And, um, so let me come back to the amygdala for you. And the amygdala is in the brain. It's part of the limbic system and it processes the level of fear slash threat slash kind of stress through our sensory input. So um, like think five senses and it alerts the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis HPA axis for short, okay, to help us prepare for the threat. So this is the fight, flight, or freeze response, survival mode, whatever you've heard it called. Um, This is activating the sympathetic nervous system, okay? So if you've heard any of that um, in like kind of mainstream mental health stuff. Maybe you've heard it from your therapist. Maybe you've read it somewhere or seen it on social media. So that is all connected. Okay. That survival mode, the sympathetic nervous system. Remember parasympathetic is kind of our goal to get back to in charge of rest and digest, which everything like in your body is relaxed. All your processes are working. If you're in the sympathetic you don't need to necessarily rest or digest your food because that's the fight, flight, or freeze response that we're reacting to a threat. So other processes in the body shut down um, because they're just not necessary at that time to keep the organism alive. If you're, you know, think of running away from that saber-toothed tiger. So in the amygdala, there isn't really any like emotion attached to the threat. It's more of that raw sensory data and it's just information and it can kind of be stored. Like there's some working memory there. So it can be stored for later and it's labeled as quote unquote fearful in our brain so that we can work to avoid or escape this encounter again. Okay. So that's what the amygdala does. Um, and there's so many other pieces <laughs> and parts that are in the brain and in the limbic system. And the amygdala just doesn't just work on its own. It's communicating with the rest of the brain in the system. And it's this like very tiny, um, I think it's the almond shaped piece in your brain. I could be wrong. I want to say like there's also the hypothalamus and the basal gang- ganglia. I can't remember which one um, it looks like what, but one of them is like tiny and almond shaped, like they're 
they're small, but we've had them for so long um, versus our prefrontal regions of the brain, prefrontal cortex developed later on, okay? So if you hear like, reptilian brain or lizard brain like that's the limbic system that's the amygdala and everything that we've been operating off of for so long um so although they are small don't let their size um you know kind of i don't know influence the way you view things um because they have a serious impact on, you know, the way we interact with the world. They have a big impact, a big influence on everything. And so this study showed that just an hour in nature, in green space, it changed the way, like in a, in a quote unquote positive sense, that people viewed stimuli afterwards. So it's like, say... When you left the house, you were in a fight or an argument with your spouse, um, like over something stupid. And you're like, I'm going to go out for a walk in nature. And they're upset too. And they go for a walk in the city. When you come back and you look at that same argument, like, yeah, this person, like, I don't know, they, they didn't pick their socks up. And when you come back, the person who walked in nature would essentially like have a completely, not completely different, but a different outlook and perspective on that fearful or negative or threatening stimuli of, you know, I, you didn't pick your socks up <laughs> versus the spouse who walked in the city. And that's not what they did in the study. In the study, they tested people on a social task and they also tested people on looking at pictures of a fearful face and a neutral face. Um, but I was just giving you my example, like same thing in the workplace. Like if you go for a walk, um, in nature, I don't know, before work, maybe you're more capable of managing stressors than if you hadn't, or than if you had walked in the city, um, beforehand, it just gives us one, that connection to ourselves, two, that connection to nature. It also refocuses your attention um, because you, you have to be sort of alert and aware in nature. And so it gives the part of your brain that's doing the overthinking, overanalyzing, ruminating, and you know, just fixating on different problems and challenges. It gives that part of your brain a rest. Um, because you have to be kind of present and here in the moment or, you know, like you're tripping on stumps and roots and rocks. And you also have to be alert because you're looking out for maybe there's like snakes or birds or other animals, whatever you're on the lookout for. And, or it could be like in um, a more positive sense, like you're observing nature, but it just, it really helps to refocus your attention. So that is my number one tangible tip for working through big changes, life milestones, and you know, all of the above. Yeah, is get back to nature, get back to connecting with yourself and 
it's just so important that we're able to do that and create the time and space for that to happen. And the, the research shows, like I said, there are many fantastic um, outcomes to it. You know, like we all know the things of like reduces stress, like reduces heart rate, blood pressure, cortisol, improves your working memory. Like I said, helps with attention and just being present. And um, so there's so many different components of being in nature. And so I highly encourage that, especially if you're going through this time to just reconnect and get grounded. I think we definitely are craving that and it can be a really great reset. And then the other piece, the more mindset perspective shift that I want to share with you is to stop forcing things. During these times, we really seek out a sense of control in many different areas in our life. And maybe we'll cling to something um, or maybe we'll try and like avoid something, whether you have like the personality that wants to hold on tightly to everything or whether you just want to leave and kind of um, what's the word like isolate like, you know, there's those two type of attachment styles, anxious and avoidant. And the more anxious person might, you know, be feeling more dependent on others or trying to cling to certain things, even if they're not working, the more avoidant person might just be like, fuck it. Like I can't handle any of this. I'm just going to be alone and then isolate in that sense. Right. So I view kind of like going through big life changes, transitions, and milestones as massive stressors and how we react to those based on our attachment styles can be extremely challenging. Um, So if we're looking at, you know, in terms of forcing things and we look at that person who's more anxious, they're clinging to something, or we look at that person who is more avoidant and they're just saying fuck it to everything let's pause for a moment and not force in either direction not force by trying to pull things and jobs and people and places closer to you and not pushing those things away either can we just be for a moment can we just pause for a moment can we just slow things down can we just stop the overthinking and analyzing and questioning and debating and pleading and bargaining for a moment? Can we just use nature actually as a role model, as an example, in order to be able to, I don't necessarily believe in accepting what's happening, accepting reality, accepting that things are going to change and I just have to be okay with it. And da, 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 da. No, I believe more so in allowing and attuning. So allowing for things to change, allowing that you are pregnant and your life is going to change, allowing that your kid is going off to school and things are going to change, allowing that you're moving and things are going to change, allowing that 
you're in school and things are going to change. It's different than, you know, high school. It's different than having a summer job. Like you're in uh, university, you're in post-secondary education now, allowing whatever comes and then attuning to your needs in those moments. Okay. So attuning to what do I need now as someone who is pregnant? What do I need now as the parent of a child who's gone off to school? What do I need now um, while I'm preparing for my move? What do I need now as a university student who has lots of responsibilities? What do I need now as this person who is retired? What do I need now being the parent and I'm an empty nester now, you know, all my kids have gone off. We, at each of these different stages and transitions in life, we need to be able to allow the experience and attune to our own needs in any given moment. And we can't do that. We simply can't do that if we aren't present and we are forcing things because at the point where you're forcing things, you've already thought ahead and have a game plan. And while I believe in planning and organization, I think it's amazing. I also believe that there's another way to go about things. I believe we can have a plan and be flexible with it so that we can attune and adjust as needed. And one final thing I want to leave you with as you breathe in this, any kind of stress that you're experiencing right now, anything that's heavy and you breathe it out and you adopt the sense of what does it look like if I'm not forcing things? What does it feel like? Who am I? Who would I be in my daily life right now if I'm not forcing things and I'm just trusting and surrendering and allowing and attuning? What does that look like if I keep doing my own mental health work, my own physical, my own spiritual support? work for myself and attune to my own needs, how does everything around me shift during this time? Really breathing that sense in of not forcing, just allowing and attuning and adjusting as needed. I want to leave you with this final notion, referring back to the tangible action step of getting grounded in nature, and that is that nature does not force Nature manifests or hibernates, expands or contracts, it cocoons or emerges, wilts or flourishes, flows or recedes based on the causes and conditions that are surrounding it. And I want to remind you that all are continuations of one another, you know, just because something is hibernating right now or cocooning right now or not feeling like it's working right now doesn't mean that there won't be another time where it comes out of hibernation. doesn't mean that there won't be a time where it emerges from that cocoon. Just because the water is receding right now doesn't mean that there won't be another time where it's flowing freely. So I want to remind you that all are continuations of one another. And just because one thing is ending, one chapter is ending and changes are happening, doesn't mean that 
the door is completely closed. In fact, it's much more than that. It's taking everything you've learned from the previous chapter and applying it to the next one. So I hope that this was helpful for you and we will chat again soon. Actually, we will chat again on Monday. Okay, have a great weekend. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. It honestly means the world to me. I love podcasting. I love bringing you this free resource. The best thing that you can do to support the show is to screenshot the episode that you're listening to and any takeaways that you got from it, share it on social media, tag me in it so that we can chat more about it. And also send it to any friends, family members who you think would also benefit from listening to this and give it a rating, a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. And that just helps others to be able to find this content as well. We'll chat soon. Bye.